Passion by Design is sponsored by the Red Team at Coldwell Banker Residential Brokerage and McChesney Design Studio. Passion and desire can attract everything you want in life. Passion by Design is a show about designing and living a life of passion, purpose, and possibility. I'm Paula McChesney. And I'm Sandy Peckinpah. We're with you live every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. to discuss living life fully through the senses here on Radio Monterey, KRXA AM 540, and streaming live on the Internet at RadioMonterey.com. Hello, Paula. Sandy, good morning. You know, this week we're going to talk about something which I think is really prevalent in many people's lives. I can certainly say it's prevalent in mine, and that is overwhelm. (laughs) Now, I I may be the only one on the planet, but I kind of don't think so. And Mm -hmm. what you and I are doing, what our purpose on this program is to really remind people truthfully of what they already know because we do know these things and yet we forget and I think it's a very powerful uh, touchstone if you will a reminder point to just say hey if this is getting out of control in one area of your life here's some things you can do to pull it back and it's like most things in life simple and basic really works so overwhelm I I notice that the way it affects me is that I get very unfocused, I get, I move into a state of indecision, and even paralysis. And those are those are a couple of the things that happen for me. What would you say for yourself, Sandy? Well, I think that yes, I think that it does render you sort of paralyzed to really accomplish what you're hoping, hoping to accomplish in your day. And one of the things that I recognize about overwhelm is that if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I know that my relationships are also feeling overwhelmed, not only from me, but from their own lives. And I think that it affects the way we interact with people, and it also uh, decreases our effectiveness in the world if we don't recognize this as something that we have to deal with when we're interacting with people. Don't you agree? Well, I find that very ironic and kind of the perfect catch-22 because when we're in overwhelmment, which I don't even know if mm-hmm. it's a word, but I think it sounds good, so I'm going to make it up. Um, I like it. You make up words a lot, Paula. I, I do. Love it. I do. I make up <laughs> words. Uh, the ultimate wordsmith here. And when we're there, we kind of when you step back and look at it we've gotten ourselves there because we're trying to do too much and there's too uh-huh. much coming in and ultimately it's the ironic ultimate catch 22 because we become less effective less centered less effective and probably a whole lot less fun to be around yeah <laughs> so right. it really so- doesn't doesn't serve us well Mm -mm. 
Well, and that's why you and I have discussed tools that we can offer ourselves and offer those of you listening, tools to really work effectively when you are feeling overwhelmed. And I say these tools are preventative medicine Mm -hmm. because if you use them, they work, and if you use them, you are aware of the moment that you start to feel that overwhelm and you can use different things to sort of um, sidestep that that overwhelmed feeling. Right. And, you know, the first thing for me in, in step one of, of my tools is the realization that I am in overwhelm. And that may sound very basic and sort of stupid. However, if I'm not realizing the problem, I can't find the answer, or if I'm not realizing the issue, I can't redirect my energy. And so that realization is, is number one. And then mm-hmm. the, the stopping and taking a deep breath and saying, okay, now's the time for me to hit the reset button or reframe what's going on in my life. And so that's step two. And step three is I sometimes need to step completely away from all of the maelstrom, the swirling storm, if you will, step away to address it. And the reason I say this, and this is something that I'm really studying intensely, um, because I've recognized that if someone is trying to make too big a leap toward something, away from something, towards something, it's impossible. However, if we can take, like if I say I'm going to, you know, run the Golden Gate Bridge tomorrow, you know, and complete it in four minutes, well, that's too big a leap. But if I say, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go out and, you know, take a run, you know, for 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. that's a small, what I call the small adult step, not baby step. I, I call them the small adult steps. And so, it enables me to start building that bridge to the change as opposed to leaping and falling in the abyss of frustration, which I think many of us do unwittingly. So it's that recognition of making some small change, getting yourself away from the situation completely, Mm -hmm. and then what are the small things that I can do to move myself in the direction that I want to go? So those right. are some things I well, do. One of the, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on no. you, but I got a look. I, I had a thought that one of the things that that I recognize when I start to feel overwhelmed is that my breathing is very is static and sporadic. Mm. It um, it's short and quick, and I find myself now. Did you know? And this is something that I learned in therapy. Um, because I've had years of it, but after mm-hmm. the, the loss of my son, it, it really helped balance me. But one thing that I learned in therapy is that sighing is a form of being overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. and, and it's a, a symptom of being overwhelmed. So Absolutely. if you catch yourself sighing, it's a symptom. Slow down. It's telling you to slow down, take a deep breath, because you're not getting enough breath. Right. And there's a wonderful uh, thought leader that I love to follow. Her name is Gabrielle Bernstein, and I I first became aware of her, actually, on the Oprah show. She had several young thought leaders, and she was one of them. And she said that 
her technique for calming that feeling of overwhelm is alternate nostril breathing, and it's something that you can do in yoga. And if you sort of picture yourself breathing in, there is one dominant nostril. You are breathing in on one side. If you focus on the breath going in on that one side and with your mind try to change it to the other side, that releases something in the brain that calms you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? It's Well, it's fascinating. And, you know, physiologically, what you're saying is so true and so powerful, Sandy, because our body's response in the sigh is we're trying to oxygenate ourselves more. And mm-hmm. it's it's ineffective. And so that technique that you just mentioned is a very, very ancient time-honored powerful effective technique so that's that's Mm -hmm. really that is really really a great one and for me also is the awareness of being present in what I'm doing and really compartmentalizing is a word that you and I use everything else out because right now can I do anything about the crack babies that are being born into the world probably not probably not so does it serve me to be worrying about them? Yes, it's an incredibly important issue or any other issue that, that we want to choose. Not enough water, not enough food, too much this, whatever. However, if I am not going to do anything about it at the moment, set it aside, get it out of my mindfulness, and I will come back to it fully present when mm-hmm. the time is to come back to it. And that. I want us to do a, an entire program at some point on mindfulness because it's so powerful. But those, mm. those are a, a couple of the techniques. And then the other thing for me, get outside. Mm-hmm. Get outside. Whether it's getting to the ocean for me, Carmel Beach is just my, my go-to place. Um, getting out on a boat on Monterey Bay, getting all those wonderful negative ions. Although I wish they weren't called negative. I wish they were called positive, but they're not. <laughs> but that's just well, me. Well, there is positive and negative in life, Paula, so maybe it's the balance. So maybe you do need the negative ions. <laughs> I guess so, but those those are the good mm-hmm. ones. But uh, I think those are some really, really powerful tips that uh, that we've got that segue to to talking about synchronicity, Sandy. Talk about that a mm-hmm. bit. Well, I think that we don't give enough credit to how synchronicity works in our life. And what is synchronicity? Synchronicity is the exciting moment when people and events come together in an unexpected but needed way to uplift your life. And if we can be open to the possibility of synchronicity happening in in our lives, Paula, I, I look at the amazing thing that you and I were talking about just a couple days ago. You actually have been with me on the day that I met my first husband, who sadly passed away, and you were also with me on the day that I met my second husband (laughs) that came to me in my life through synchronicity two and a half years ago. And what, how does that happen? That you, and we don't even live in the same city. I live in Los Angeles. You live in, in Northern California. 
how is it that on that very day that we happened to be together on the day that I met the destiny of being married to these two men? Mm. Amazing. It's a miracle. And so we have to trust that synchronicity is always working in our lives. And it also is the balance to overwhelm. Because if you trust that everything that you're going through right now has a purpose and go with the flow, Synchronicity is about being lighthearted. It's about living life with enthusiasm. And it's about recognizing when you have a particular thought in your head, you have to assume that you are being guided by that thought and pursue it. Don't let it go away. And I call these butterfly thoughts. They're thoughts that, um, that sort of are fleeting, but they have specific meaning in your life. And one of the things that um, uh, recently I, as you know, I wrote a book called How to Survive the Worst That Can Happen. It's a parent step-by-step guide of surviving loss after you lose a child. And that book has been a very powerful force in my life. I've known that I wanted to write it since the day my son died um, several years ago, and I knew that I had it within me to be able to write something that was helpful for other people. It was also a way of giving legacy to my son and making his death meaningful in other people's lives. And recently I experienced synchronicity in that on Facebook I had a relationship with people that guided me to an organization called the Unforgettables. And this is a wonderful organization that I encourage everyone to look into. It is a way they they go into the homes when there's a child loss and they help structure the process right after the loss of a child and they help fund the burial of a child for families that can't afford it and and as most people know it is tremendously expensive to bury uh, someone and the loss of a child is the most devastating loss of all and so recently when my book was published I thought you know I would really like to help these families. And I contacted them and said, I'd love to donate my books to your organization. I was invited to speak with them, and it was on a day that I was overwhelmed. And we've discussed overwhelmed so thoroughly in this, in, uh-huh. in this show today. I want to bring that up as I struggled with it. On that day, I was supposed to go and, and visit this organization. and. I just kept pushing forward, saying there's a reason why I'm doing this. This is synchronicity. There's a reason why I'm doing this. And I, after a long day that started very early, I met with my last client at uh, 4.45 and had to be in Riverside by 6 o'clock. I made it, and I thank God that I made the effort to do it because these people welcomed me. I spoke. I told them the impact of what it meant to me to have me included in their organization and to be able to offer my book to other parents. I also will be working with them in the future, um, speaking for them next year and in other ways. But had I given up to resistance, which was at 445, I felt like calling and saying, I'm exhausted. Could I do this at next month's board meeting? Mm. I'm so glad I didn't. Mm. Well, Sandy, you're going to make a huge impact on many, many people's lives uh, because you did go forward with that. We need to take a short break right now. 
and you are listening to Passion by Design here on Radio Monterey, KRXA AM 540, and streaming live on the internet at radiomonterey.com. Stay with us. We'll be right back. McChesney Design Studio is a full-service interior design firm specializing in interiors for your home or business that reflect your unique message and personal style. We are located in beautiful downtown Carmel across from the post office. Call today for a complimentary consultation, 831-333-6261, or visit us on the web at mcchesneydesignstudio.com. Proud to be a sponsor of Passion by Design. Welcome back to Passion by Design. I'm Paula McChesney here with my co-host Sandy Peckinpah on KRXA Radio Monterey. Sandy, you get to invite and introduce our guest today. We're very, very delighted to have her. Oh, I'm so happy to do that because I really think that uh, she also relates to synchronicity in my life. We happen to meet on Facebook, and I've been following her. She's a woman that I first uh, really became aware of because of her vibrancy. She commands her stage in words, and she's a woman on fire. So I want to give you just a little bit of background. Jenny was a young mom, and after her first child, she felt that she sort of had to fit into a mom image. And in so doing, she gained lots of weight, and she's only got this little tiny five-foot frame. And she was uh, really feeling not like herself. She didn't feel she was being true to herself. Well, she completely transformed her body, her mind, her spirit. And she became a writer and a blogger. She has a huge following. She's inspiring. She describes herself as a silly, sassy, spiritual sex pot living a lovely life. (laughs) And she was recently featured in Oprah Magazine. There's a lovely picture of her. She also blogs for the Huffington Post and Elephant Journal, and she's the author of the novel The Jennifers. Well, I'll tell you, Paula, she is a woman with a message for all women, and she happens to be drop-dead gorgeous and a fiery redhead. So welcome, Jenny Perry. Thank you so much. That was so beautiful. That was beautiful. (laughs) And I also have started blogging for uh, beliefnet.com also, which is just so awesome to reach even more people. Oh, wonderful. Well, Jenny, you're uh, all over the Internet, and it's like suddenly you had something in, we were discussing synchronicity earlier on the program, and you certainly experienced that in your life. It's like when you made the decision to sort of transform your life, you really opened up to your life's purpose. And um, I'd love for you to give us a little bit more background on you and how you became who you are. Well, um, thank you for this opportunity for me to uh, reach more people. I absolutely love it. I, uh, my big message that when people see my before and after picture, they are always like, oh, my God, I want to know, how did you lose weight? And I, I always say, you don't want to ask me how to lose weight. You want to ask me how to love yourself mm-hmm. because – my whole thing is I had lost 60 pounds. This is 10 years ago. And I was actually more miserable than when I lost the weight than before. And people just cannot understand that. 
And what I've learned, I've done a lot of self-work on myself in the process, and what I learned was I had to create my own happiness. But it's the same thing whether it's about weight or it's about um, getting the partner that we want or the money. We always think it's like once that thing happens, and what I learned is that there's also people will tend to keep that thing at arm's distance kind of like because they know once they get it, there's like a completion of the journey. And once you get to that place, you think that it's going to be a certain way, and it's not. And so for me, I really want people to understand that the self-love factor, when you really do work on your the way you feel about yourself, people respond to you differently, and you, ha- you radiate. It transcends your weight. It transcends your age. I don't want to hear any excuses about, you know, they, they're not beautiful because of this and that. It's like you come into a room, and you can command a room by your energy. And the way I think people respond to me now is they also know that I, I come from a place of no competition. Back when I had lost the weight and was in this really, like, horrible place of, like, I realized I hated myself. And I was like, why do I hate myself? I, I didn't think I was a good enough mom, didn't think I was a good enough daughter, wife, everything. And I was constantly comparing myself to other women. And I realized that that had to change or, or nothing was going to, like, I was never going to be happy. Nothing was going to go right until I got out of that. And that's why, as you see on Facebook, I cheer every every woman on. And I look at every woman as, like, a sister of this world. And I feel like that's going to transform the world, you know, by women getting to that place of, like, how can we help each other? And there is no competition. Even if you have a million people in the same field that you're in, you're a different flavor than them. And so it's, like, these things I, I preach all the time. Because I want people to have, you know, the happiness that I feel. Jenny, I have a question for you. And you're, you're touching on such powerful and poignant points here. So you said that when you were in the middle of your transformation, the, the mums that you were with began to joke that if you continued to lose weight, they would stop hanging out with you. What, why do you think women do that to each other? Where does that come from? Well, it's the comparison factor. It's like it's coming from the the limiting belief. Like you either believe that you live in an abundant universe or a lackful. And so if you feel like almost like there's just enough to go around, like if this person's beautiful, that means I can't be. And I, I think every woman should just like feel like I'm the most beautiful woman in my world. And functioning from that place, like I, I don't look at another woman and compare myself. But I would, when I lost the weight, women would come up to me that I hadn't seen in a while, and they would automatically go into the place of, well, I haven't lost weight because, you know, of this or that, even when I didn't even ask them, because it touched upon a place within themselves that they felt self-conscious about. So it's like when people are doing well and we're not doing well, oh, it feels awful. It feels absolutely awful. So I think that's where that comes from, is they're not feeling good about themselves. Because if you really love yourself, you want your friends to do well. Like, you want the same thing as you want for yourself. So I just kind of see through that now. And none of the friends that I have now are anything but supportive. Like, when good things happen for me, they're just right there sharing with me. So some of the things that I tell women is that when you make changes in your life, sometimes some of your friendships fade away. And I have to tell you that that was really painful for me. Because I'm a girl's girl. I've always had friends. I love that. I love going out with my girlfriends. But there was quite a few that fell, fell off my radar once I started to really transform because they weren't going to live the big life that I wanted. It's not about money or um, 
external things. It's the big life inside of myself. Like I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer, and I feel like I don't think in limitations. So I, if you tell me your dream, I'm going to believe you. So I just, you know, our vibes aren't the same. I don't take it personally anymore. Our vibes just aren't the same. Interesting. Jenny, you are not only a dreamer, but you are a doer because you set your mind to something and somehow you end up accomplishing that goal. Now, here's the thing that I find really interesting about you is that you just gave birth to your fifth child. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in your 30s. You obviously have to balance your home, your school, schools, um, outside activities, your husband. And we were discussing earlier on the show overwhelm. So how can you, how do you encourage women to balance their lives as well as you seem to do? Well, I think that you have to be really comfortable saying no and getting out of mm. the, the, like, the nice girl trap. I, I've been blogging about that recently. You know, some of us women that are people pleasers, I'm a reformed people pleaser. <laughs> and so the worst thing for me in the world was if someone didn't like it. It just felt like death. And I never wanted to disappoint people. I wanted to be everything to everybody. And you can't. And what I want to do is I want to model for my kids the way to be a healthy person. And, like, I have one friend of mine who she will, like, she'll um, buy cupcakes from somebody else, and she's a stay-at-home mom. And I was like, I love that. I love that she is just clearly setting her boundaries. And when you clearly set your boundaries and you say, I'm sorry, I just I don't do that or I don't have time for this or that, you can't be responsible for the way other people receive you. It's just none of your business the way anybody else feels about you. So I had to really get out of that. And when I do get into overwhelm, what I equate it to is that when I feel like I have too much on my plate, I literally have to throw everything else off my plate and say, what do I really have to do today? Because when we write out a to-do list, if, I'm, if my vibe is low and I write a to-do list, I start throwing stuff on there that really doesn't even matter. It could happen today, but it doesn't have to. And then when I take myself out of the place of that no guilt, no obligation, just really centered, and then I go back and look at that list, it's like, but what, what really needs to happen today? Because I look at it as I want to experience joy every day. You're not going to do that if you live a life for your to-do list. You know, that's, mm. that is really powerful, and it's something that I've done for a long time. I actually created my own to-do list uh, form because what I found was that all of the printed, pre-printed ones didn't suit my needs. Now, it's not to say they don't meet everybody else's, but I have at the top of mine, Jenny, you will, you will appreciate this um, in light of what you've just said, and I have at the top is three things I must do today. And often those things are filled in with be happy and then the two must-do tasks. And I tell you what, with that balance of mm, that, I love that. It That's awesome. just helps me take that deep breath, focus on what is my real, real thing to do. And oh, by the way, here's two super important things I have to do. And my life runs so much more smoothly. I should, you know what? I should print those because they're great forms. <laughs> you really should, seriously. I, I think it's an awesome yeah. idea. Because it's, it's living on purpose. That's, that's another thing that I always preach all the time is that a lot of us go through the motions. And believe me, with five kids, like, there's, the laundry is just insane. And I think that Legos breed each other and oh, things yes. come. And I wake <laughs> up with more than I started with. And I'm like, where did this come from? And if you step on a Lego, oh, my God, that's the worst thing in the world. I don't know what it is. 
So I get the whole day-to-day juggling of, you know, of my laundry and this and that, but then I also have deadlines that I have to meet with blogs and different mm-hmm. things like that. And I have to be really conscious because my integrity is super important to me and my work ethic and all these types of things. So it's like I just have to really, like, intuitively flow with things but know what my intention is. Because if you if you know what your intention is, everything starts to flow from that. And you can quickly make decisions, too, if something doesn't align with your intention. Like, I don't watch a lot of TV anymore. I'll watch them in the evening. But, like, that's a drain on my energy. Mm-hmm. It's like it just doesn't align with what I want to do. And that's why, like, I'm a big fitness person. Because I feel like um, energetically, on an energetic level, we need to be moving. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you have to be a weightlifter. Even if you walk every day, there's just something about getting the it feels like you blow it off the cobweb when you just get moving doing something and that's a priority thing like if you don't have 25 minutes to do that every day you just need to get up earlier I, I just don't think there's any excuses because it's also functioning from the place of that like even with food if I loved myself would I do this and it's like yeah I sometimes I'm gonna eat the chocolate because I do love myself I don't think that you have to say would I, you know if I love myself would I eat this and you eat carrots I don't believe in that um but it's the same with everything that we do. Like, if I love myself, would I do this? And you start to really start to change your life habit by habit by choice, you know, really living deliberately. You know, I, I want to come back. We're going to take a break in just a few more minutes. But I, you've touched on something. And afterward, I'd like to talk about the, the fitness and exercise piece of things because I have some some burning questions for you. Mm-hmm. But I want to stay for a moment, if we may, Jenny, on the thing that you said about your deadlines and Mm -hmm. I think first of all I'd love to and I haven't come up with it yet I'd love to come up with another word for deadline because what's the first part of that word it's dead that doesn't doesn't feel so good so if any any of your listeners um, or your listening audience have any great suggestions for a different word to reinvent deadlines I'd love to hear it Given that those things are incredibly important to you, and as you say, keeping your integrity, and Sandy and I would definitely concur, talk to us a little bit about how you hold that. You've got your, you know, your children, which of course are super priority, and you've got your time deadlines. Talk to us a little bit more about that. Well, I think that... For me, I, I like that you're saying the deadline. What I say is, you know the word busy? I don't like the word busy because everybody will say, like, oh, I'm so busy. And it feels like to me like a, a, a bee is buzzing around, like, busy, mm. you know, like that. I like the idea of saying, I have a big life. Oh, and I that's like just that. The energy. Mm. So for me, the energy of words really is yes. so important. And um, I have to make sure I'm having fun every day. So sometimes people say, I don't know how you do it. And I just don't think I think too much. Like, honestly, the time that I used to take being negative has translated into the place of being very creative. Like, for me, it's I live my life through pictures and words. And for me, it's like writing is part of breathing for me. So meeting the deadlines or, you know, we'll have to call something else. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) those things I, I think of as fun. Sometimes they're not, though, I'll be honest with you. But what I found is that sometimes I'll just, like, jot down a few words, and then I feel the pressure let out from me a little bit, and then I'll go back to it. But it's like, you know, I think really taking the opinions of other people out of my life freed up so much time, let me tell you. Because when I would even get dressed in the past, I would be like, oh, well, is this too much or this or that? Or one time I was wearing a, a, you know, a tight dress and I had red lipstick on. 
this past pregnancy, and I had that little nagging voice that was like, well, you know, what people are going to think that this, and I was just like, wow, I haven't heard her in a while. I am so <laughs> glad I don't hear from her very often, because <laughs> when, I, when I kicked all those voices out, man, like, there was so much more quiet and so much more creativity, and, and to me, I connected with God more when I kicked all those other voices out, too. It allowed so much more space. So I really don't get into um, the negative thinking, and I feel like that my life flows a lot more easy that way. Wow, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, I, uh, Jenny, uh, one of the things that you talk about, which is one of my favorite subjects, is ne negative self-talk, because I think we're all victim to it. And it's that voice, I want to define it just really quickly, um, it's that voice inside of you that never stops. It's when you are in a silent room, but your mind is so loud. And for so many of us, that negative talk is so loud. And I think it's also the thing that drives women to destroy their self-image, because it's that voice that says, puts on a pair of pants and turns around and looks at it and says, oh, I don't look good in these. That's that voice. How do you quiet that negative self-talk in your life? Well, well, I think for me, it first started with the idea of like meditation, which I'm not, I'm not as good as I could be with that. I'm doing the Oprah and Deepak 21-day meditation right now, but oh, I, well, I sometimes, yeah. But, but I also learned that I could do walking meditations, and it was really just about living present for me. And if I'm living in the present. I started to like use the principles of meditation where I realized I wasn't my thoughts and it was like, wait a minute, I'm not my thoughts. I didn't even know that there was like two separate, you know, two separate things. And then once I became, this is the first step I would say for to women is that just be aware. Don't judge that voice. Don't make yourself wrong. Just be aware of what that negative self-talk is saying and then be like, okay, well, this isn't the way I really want to talk. You want to talk to yourself like you would your daughter or your best friend. And then once you start to, like, realize that you are not that thought, you can stop it and replace it. And for me, you know, writing is really important in that way. Like, I, I got honest with myself, and I wrote down the way I felt about myself, and it was like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I feel this way. And then I had to write down, what, what do I want to feel about myself? And it's when we realize that we have the power, like, we're not that voice. We are two separate things. And so when you can, like, stop that voice as soon as it starts, it's like, you know, we're not going to go down that route. And it's not about, like, you feeling bad in the mirror and being like, you know what, I shouldn't have not have had that piece of cake because I think I just see that on my butt right now. You, you know, sometimes that voice is flaring so loud. And you might not be able to in that moment say, no, I'm beautiful. You might just have to just say, you know what, I'm just going to not think the negative thought and just be like, I'm doing the best I can, or just to know that you can stop the thought and distract yourself, do something different. Just, you know, get busy doing something else. To me, those things are the most powerful things. I retrained myself how to think is what I did by just being aware that I was separate from my thoughts. Mm, that's really powerful. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. We need to go to a short break um, and talk more about the fitness and, and the power of, of our thoughts, too. That's just great stuff, Jenny. Um, I'm Paula McChesney. We're here on Passion by Design, KRXA Radio Monterey. Uh, we will be continuing our conversation with Jenny Perry when we come back from break. Don't go away. Wouldn't it be great to buy the right home at the right price? 
and feel your real estate agent had the same vision for your dream? Sandy Peckinpah and Kim Driussi of The Red Team at Coldwell Banker Residential Brokerage have been making their clients' dreams come true, and they can do that for you. Coldwell Banker is worldwide and can help you with your next transaction no matter where you are. So dream on and call Sandy today at 951-304-2900. And The Red Team is a proud sponsor of Passion by Design. Welcome back from the break. Uh, in case you are just joining us, you're listening to Passion by Design on KRXA AM 540 and streaming live on the Internet at RadioMonterey.com and KRXA540.com. And we've been talking with Jenny Perry, who is an author, a blogger, and an inspirational advocate of women. And I'm so excited about the things that we've been talking about because this really speaks to me. Having been through a real change in my own life a few years ago because I, too, was sort of, uh, not sort of, but I was awakened to a different way of thinking and sort of revamped my image and my self-talk and um, just all of the things that we are talking about today. And, and Jenny, one of the things that I love about you is the way you set your intention. And you set your intention to be in Oprah Magazine. I would love for us to, to hear about your story with that. Well, for me, I, you know, with this whole transformation, it was actually about three years ago that I had, um, I was, 20 more pounds than I am now, and I had had my fourth child, and I have the background with bulimia when I was a teen, and I know what it's like to have negative, you know, thoughts related to food. That's why it's one of my passions to be healthy about it. And so I remember I wanted to lose weight, and I, you know, started to watch what I was eating, and I was like, you know what? I don't like where this is going. If I start doing this right now, I'm going to get on that roller coaster, and it's going to be that hamster wheel women feel about dieting and exercise and all that. So I said, I'm going to take a break from this. I'm going to do all the self-love stuff and get myself to the place that I think that I'm beautiful on the inside and have that reflected out. I did all that work. And then once I got to that place where I was like, you know what, I think it's time to get in shape. And then I wound up losing, you know, 15 and then wound up being 20 pounds. But people saw me differently. And I was like, wow, people think that I'm beautiful. But it, it didn't even matter because I had decided it. And and that's my message to other women. I want them to know that they're beautiful. And there is not one woman that I see that is ugly. There might be ugly behavior, but I don't see anything that is not beautiful in a woman because I'm not looking hard enough if I don't see it. So I went on to Oprah's website to see, you know, for blogging opportunities as a writer, I want to think big. I don't want to limit myself. So one of the things was how to, how to contribute to Oprah Magazine was the question, what do you love about your body? Totally right up my alley. So I chose my stomach because... That was my thing that I could not stand about myself. Even when I had lost the 60 pounds 10 years ago, all I saw was my stomach. So when I was doing all the self-love stuff three years ago, I came up with a meditation for myself where I would put my hands on my belly and I would say, I love you. And I would say it like three times and it was like, wow. Like one of those kind of transformational exercises where you say I love you in the mirror and at first it's like the weirdest thing ever. And so for me, it was like I, I learned to love my body and love my stomach. It's how five little little babies. 
And how could I not love it? And it didn't matter if there were stretch marks or, you know, extra skin or whatever. Like, whether I have a six-pack or not, that's not going to define me. And, you know, the idea that we have to have these perfect stomachs in order to love our stomachs, that's just silly. Stuff magazines, they don't even look like that. So for me, it was so fun because it was related to also spreading good and then achieving something that I wanted to do. So it was so fun. And the, the key that I want to say about manifesting with, with that is that I didn't have any attachment to it. I just kind of put it there and let it go. And I kind of just was like, I would love for this to happen and it's a done deal, but I had to just let go. Because when we have that attachment that it has to happen, it's almost like you plant the seed, but every day you dig that seed up to see if it grew. Like you would never do that. So when we set oh. these intentions and goals, we have to just trust. Just trust that it's happening. And we have to trust that it's eventually going to happen, but it's not on our timetable. Mm, that's that's for sure. Because we can certainly get ourselves derailed by putting it out there and um, then it doesn't happen the next day and we think it doesn't work and we get off track. It's um, one of our previous guests, Summer Simonton, um, gives an example which I think is very great about this uh, this topic. It's like putting putting coffee into your coffee pot and then immediately looking at the empty cup and going, well, where's the coffee? And mm-hmm. and then thinking that the coffee pot's broken. Well, the coffee pot isn't mm. broken. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just that that as you said that letting go of the outcome, the no attachment, and knowing knowing Jenny, as you said, that it's already in progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that is very, when we, very great. And when we work on like trying to live a really spiritually mind body spirit connected you know kind of living, it's like the idea of this or something better. Like mm-hmm. the universe has this or something better in mind. And I know when I wanted things to happen right away, sometimes we, and it's not until we look back that we see all the beautiful things that have it connect. And, you know, before we were going to get there, I, I think about the fact of, like, remember when you had the high school boyfriend that you were so broken up that, like, it didn't work out? And I'm like, thank God that didn't work out, or else I wouldn't let my husband have my five kids. So when we look back, that's always, you know, the say, you know, um, it has, you know, in high phase 2020 type of thing. And that's so true. Like, we have no idea the beauty that lies ahead of us, and we're going to look back and we're going to be like, I'm glad that things worked out with the timing. That is it. Because having a teenage daughter, I'm noticing that a lot of the teenagers and even all of us are, you know, can be um, doing this too. If the first time you do something, it's not a success. It feels like a failure because we see people like make it real big, like a Justin Bieber type of thing, like overnight success. It feels like, and it's <laughs> not really true. And you know, entrepreneurs, you might do so many programs and like 10 programs and you're like ready to put the business and go work at Starbucks and you're like, forget that stuff. But you have to just believe that like the entrepreneurs, they have to fail like 10 times and the 11th time is when they hit a dip. And for me as a writer, I have to think like that. Like you can't, you can't release a novel like I did and expect to be the New York Times bestseller, you know, overnight. And you're a success no matter what. That's the other thing is that you have to be proud of what you did accomplish instead of just the reward-based kind of thinking because if you go for the reward-based thinking which is like the hottest thing you know which a lot of kids are so celebrity driven with that stuff then you're always chasing the next thing it's almost like a high you're always chasing the next um, mm-hmm. award or achievement type of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jenny you've, you've got a quote that I really think is so powerful and 
it's you say to be fit versus thin. What does that mean mm-hmm. to you? Well, to me, there's no such thing as thin enough. Because if you get stuck on that, I want to be thin, you never really feel like you get there. But when you focus on being fit, every time you work out, you win. Like, the mm, very great first point. you're like, I want to get fit, you work out for that 30 minutes, and afterwards, you're fit. Like, you already won. So it's almost like you're embodying what you want to be. And really, our bodies change through the years, and you might not have the same body when you're 50 that you did when you were 20. And when you get into, like, the skin and what that looks like, or the energy of fit just feels so free to me and so strength-based and so healthy. Like, it's just the energy of the word feels so good. You just don't even like the word thin. You just don't. So, like, fit is so empowering. Because when you go for a walk and you get home and you're like, that's so fit. just feels so good. Mm-hmm. And the focus is based on strength versus, you know, being thin. And, like, counting calories and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mm. love I love using that's, the word strong as the new fit. Mm-hmm. That's great. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a way of setting your intention for the outcome of your uh, fitness program is um, I want to be fit. And I, I love that. It sort of reframes it instead of feeling impossible, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, and, and Jenny, yeah. what I think you just became uh, certified or something in um, a program that you're helping other women get fit. Can you share that? Well, I was just going to say, you know, for me, I um, I'm a Beachbody coach right now. People can find me at www.teambeachbody.com/slash/jennyd.perry. And the reason why I started doing this is because before I gave birth this last time, I had to have an action plan for myself in that I wasn't going to worry about what supermodels look like after they have a baby. I was just going to, like, nurture myself. And, you know, I'm very conscious of I've had a panic attack and anxiety. So my mental health is, like, the most important thing to me versus the body aspect. So I wanted to set up an action plan where right after I had the baby, I knew what I was going to do so that I could be healthy. And for me, exercise is really a part of who I am. I exercise the whole pregnancy. So I bought this 225 workout through them, and I liked the fact that it was really strength-based and that I could just, like, wake up in the morning and um, just know exactly what I was doing. And I found that it's definitely something that I'm passionate about, all the fitness, but my focus with it is so different than what I've heard with other people. The idea that there's good or bad food is, to me, something that has brought women pain for so long. Like, I couldn't even eat avocados until a few years ago because I had it on my, like, bad list. You know, we all had these things that we grew up with about certain foods you couldn't have, some people mayonnaise or whatever it is. And so for me, it's very much focused on if you make food good or bad, when you, when you eat that bad food, now you're bad. And then you eat the whole chocolate cake, and then you throw away the chips in your house, and, or you eat them, and now tomorrow you're going to just, you know, fast and eat raw for the rest of your life. It's the very, like, black or white thinking instead of just thinking, okay, if you say you did have that chocolate cake, enjoy it, flavor it, and just be like, oh, well, I'm really glad I had that chocolate cake. I, I really enjoyed every single bit of it. And then the next meal, it's like a reset. It's a total reset. There's no feeling bad about food. I don't believe that we should feel guilty for eating. That's just silly. Well, it, so it, I, it I really is, yeah. This. Yeah, so I just wanted to, I wanted to find a way to do it in a, a, in a business way where I'm empowering other women 
I, in the healthy way because I just know what that pain is like doing it in an unhealthy way. Well, that, that mm. empowerment. We just have a few seconds left, Jenny. If you had one thought that you would like to share with our audience, what would that thought be? Oh, you just gave me a good one. You know what? My, my brain is split between wanting them to know that they're beautiful and wanting them to know that they're loved. Because I just wrote a big post today about, um, from a spiritual aspect, of that when they know that God loves them, it's kind of like when you connect with that, your whole life can transform. And it doesn't matter which way you worship. It's not about that. It's about the energy of knowing how loved you are, just like you love your children, and to just know that they're loved. And I really believe in the energetic aspect of I love all your viewers. I feel like, you know, to know that you're loved and supported is so transformational. Mm, Jenny. Beautiful, Jenny. And your website, could you say your website for people? It's com, And they can also, if you search on, you know, Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, it's the same, Jenny D. Perry, everywhere. Jenny, thank you Great. so much. Our thank hour you. is already coming to the to a close that go by so fast with our fascinating guests. Thank you, thank you. We invite you, our listening audience, to visit our website at passionbydesign.com where you can purchase our book and listen to past radio broadcasts. And you'll find more information about living your life with passion, purpose, and possibility. I'm Paula McChesney. And I'm Sandy Peckinpah. Remember, you can also download our show on iTunes and listen anytime. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back next Sunday at 5 p.m. on KRXA 540 AM radio and streaming live on RadioMonterey.com for another hour of Passion by Design. program you have just enjoyed is a previously recorded broadcast. McChesney Design Studio is a full-service interior design firm specializing in interiors for your home or business that reflect your unique message and personal style. We are located in beautiful downtown Carmel across from the post office. Call today for a complimentary consultation, 831-333-6261, or visit us on the web at mcchesneydesignstudio.com. Proud to be a sponsor of Passion by Design. Wouldn't it be great to buy the right home at the right price and feel your real estate agent had the same vision for your dream? Sandy Peckinpah and Kim Driussi of the Red Team at Coldwell Banker Residential Brokerage have been making their clients' dreams come true, and they can do that for you. Coldwell Banker is worldwide and can help you with your next transaction no matter where you are. So dream on and call Sandy today at 951-304-2900. And the Red Team is a proud sponsor of Passion by Design. Avoiding low sugar conversations. I'm Bob Hershon and this is Science Update. Low blood sugar could lead to marital discord, according to a study in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Married couples were given glucose test kits and voodoo dolls with 51 pins. They were told to put pins in the dolls each night based on how angry they felt toward their spouse. 
According to Ohio State University researcher Brad Bushman, spouses below the 25th percentile in evening blood sugar put twice as many pins in the dolls as those in the upper 25th. Actually, three participants, at least on three days, put all 51 pins in the voodoo doll. He says low glucose levels prevent the self-control centers of our brains from operating properly and that much discord and even domestic violence could be reduced if couples simply avoided talking about serious matters when they're hungry. I'm Bob Hershon for AAAS, the Science Society. weekend ever wonder where it came from the real work labor film festival brings you dozens of films about the history and current struggles of working people who organized to win the weekend and many other benefits we enjoy today our full schedules on the web at reelwork.org events held in santa cruz monterey and santa clara counties from april 24th through may 8th celebrate international workers day may 1st with real work film festival check out reelwork.org or the real work labor film festival on facebook have you ever found yourself looking at your watch to see what time it is and your watch is not working and you want to get a battery for it so you go to a place and they can sell you a battery but they can't install it so where would you go? You go to Chavez Jewelry Design at 1418 Freedom Boulevard in Watsonville and the number there is area code 831-768-8004. We're open from 11 to 7 Monday to Friday. And if you also have a jewelry repair, chains, earrings, bracelets, we do also repairs and we do them instantly while you wait. 